0: Nyata, hello, it's Alison here and I'm the pastor at Sanctuary. We're based on Peakwaran Country down in Warrnambool. Now did you know that Jesus describes the coming of the Lord as being like a thief who breaks into a house at night? You'll find the text in Matthew chapter twenty four, verses thirty six to forty four. Now when a thief broke into our house one night, I was sound asleep. My husband was in Melbourne. But a friend and her daughters had come to stay, and so I was woken at three a.m. by my friend whispering, "Allie, Allie, wake up! There's someone in the house." With well, heart pounding, I crawled out of bed, and we crept out together to see. And that's when we found a thief in the dining room, pocketing my grandmother's jewelry. He wasn't very impressive. Subconsciously, I think I'd assumed the thief would be a bit like David Niven of Pink Panther fame. Slim waist, debonair, impeccably dressed. But this thief was wearing my old bike helmet. He had holes in his jeans and holes in his shoes. His t-shirt was grubby and from beneath the helmet his greasy hair stuck out in all directions. Whoops, he said, clutching the jewellery box and taking a belligerent step towards us. When my awesome friend took charge, she said very kindly, Are you okay? I think you might be a bit confused. Well, that's when I realised he was off his face, agitated and jittery, and my fear shot through the roof. I wondered if he was going to attack us, and there was a moment there. But my friend kept chatting as if it was the most normal thing in the world for him to be in the dining room wearing my bike helmet and us standing there in our pyjamas. Gradually, he calmed down. Don't tell on me, he said, and he offered us money not to report him. We said we didn't want it, but he insisted that we come to his house the next day to collect it, and he gave us his address. I watched another fleeting whoops fly across his face and wondered what would happen next. But then he put down my grandmother's jewellery, He pulled out a chair, and I realised he was about to sit down and ask for a cup of tea. Now, because I'm not a saint and there were five sleeping children in the house, I said, no, don't sit down. You shouldn't be here. You need to leave. And then I gently but firmly walked him towards the exit. At the door, he paused, and then he pointed to his head. Do you want your helmet back? He asked. And because I'm an idiot, I said yes. Well, he took it off and then he very carefully hung it on the doorknob. And then he walked out into the night. Well, that's what I thought. The next morning, I realised he'd stolen my daughter's bicycle to ride home, which is where the police found the bike when I reported the incident and gave them his address. As my friend cleaned up the mess, vacuuming up the contents of a fire extinguisher he'd let off, and restoring the silver teaspoons to the prayer station, a very cheerful policeman rode my daughter's bike back home. "'Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day the Lord is coming,' says Jesus. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming,' She would have stayed awake and locked the door and armed herself with a baseball bat and called the police and not have let her house be broken into. Therefore, you must also be ready, for the human one is coming at an unexpected hour. And you'll find most of those words in Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 to 44. So, what Is Jesus saying, am I really supposed to be greeting him with a baseball bat or to batten down the hatches and lock Jesus Christ out? Because in this, the first week of Advent, we are presented with this image of Jesus coming like a thief in the night. And given the context of the whole gospel, the stories of his life and ministry, I don't think he'll be much like David Niven. Instead, I think I can expect someone a bit more like my burglar, poor and scruffy, seemingly untrustworthy and perhaps slightly threatening, but ready to pull out a chair and have a cup of tea and find out if I want my bike helmet back. We sing Come Lord Christ in the stranger's guise, but do we really mean it? Do we really want Christ to turn up in the prisoner or the addict or the fool? Or in a bumbling man like my own burglar, who when charged with the burglary, promptly breached the conditions of his bail by stealing some pork chops. Because I suspect that this is pretty much how Jesus comes. In the next chapter of Matthew, Jesus tells a story about how and when we serve our King. I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you took care of me. I was in prison and you visited me. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me, says Jesus in his story. Which you find in Matthew chapter 25. When he stole the pork chops, my burglar was asked why he had stolen them. I was hungry, he said, and I hadn't offered him a sandwich. He was angling for a cup of tea, but I said it was time to leave. He wasn't quite naked, but his clothes were pretty shabby and I could see his big toes poking through his shoes. But I didn't give him one of my husband's shirts. I didn't offer him new sneakers. He was a stranger, but I didn't welcome him. Instead, I walked him out of the house and reported him to the police. And then on my account, and despite my request not to press charges, he was sent to prison, and I did not visit him. I'm not beating myself up about all this. It was three o'clock in the morning. He was high as a kite and showed more than a hint of aggression. And there were kids. Even so, I wasn't prepared for the thief in the night and I didn't welcome him in. And it leads me to think about how it will be when our Lord comes. I'm thinking he'll turn up in the way that I least expect and I'll probably find him offensive, somewhat threatening. Or perhaps, as the Apostle Paul puts it, foolish and contemptible. I expect that my neat little life will be turned upside down and I'll be cleaning up what feels like chaos. I'm thinking that a thief usually manages to take things away and so I wonder what Jesus plans to grab. Maybe there are things which I hold precious that are obstacles to faith. And maybe they can only be stolen when my defences are down, when I'm asleep and vulnerable. And so I wonder what these things will be. I'm thinking I'll come out of the encounter knowing a lot more about myself, what I have capacity for, what I need to pray about, and what needs a whole lot of work. And if God has anything to do with it, then I reckon I'll also come out with a rollicking good story and the gratitude that comes from sharing an adventure with a kind and compassionate friend. This Advent, I invite you to think about Jesus coming as a thief in the night. And I invite you to wonder, first, what do you cling to? And what might the thief steal from you for your ultimate good? What do you cling to, what possessions, what ideas, what loyalties, what theologies? And what might the thief steal from you for your ultimate good? Second, I wonder, when are you most oblivious, most vulnerable, most unlikely to resist the thief? When are you most oblivious and most unlikely to resist? And third, if you're alert enough to actually encounter him, if he appears offensive and threatening or foolish and contemptible, will you welcome him in? And how will you do that? A few things to wonder. I'll leave you to wonder about these things, but let us pray in a paraphrase from Romans 13. Salvation is closer than when we first believed. The night is far gone and the day is near. So let us lay aside the works of darkness and put on the pyjamas of light. And may God grant sleep to the beloved. And while you are slumbering, may Christ steal away what needs to be taken from you. And may the Spirit fill your newfound emptiness with stories and songs of joy. In the name of Christ, Amen. There's always more to read on our website, that sanctuarybaptist.org. And this week we have a guided meditation on sitting in the garden and dreaming of paradise. Sanctuary is funded entirely by members and supporters and if you'd like to support the work of this little church you can make a donation via PayPal and you'll find the details for this on the website. This week's reflection was prepared on the lands of the Peekwurrung people of the Eastern Mar Nation, a land which was taken by force and has never been ceded. It's been a week of incessant rain and unseasonable cold. Even so, new seeds are sprouting in the garden and pushing up green shoots. And whenever the sun breaks through, skinks slip out between the cracks and bask on the garden wall. I pay my respects to elders past and present. The peace of the land, earth, sea and sky be with us all. Amen.